I'm Losing the Will to Live, and you're listening to Jean-Luc and Me, Episode 6. I've written my next poem in honor of my cat. I call it Ode to Spot. Felis catus is your taxonomic nomenclature, an endothermic quadruped carnivorous by nature. Your visual, olfactory, and auditory senses contribute to your hunting skill and natural defenses. I find myself intrigued by your subvocal oscillations, a singular development of cat communications that obviates your basic hedonistic predilection for a rhythmic stroking of your fur to demonstrate affection. A tail is quite essential for your acrobatic talents. You would not be so agile if you lacked its counterbalance. And when not being utilized to aid in locomotion, it often serves to illustrate the of your emotion. The complex levels of behavior you display connote a fairly well-developed cognitive array. And though you are not sentient and do not comprehend, I nonetheless consider you a true and valued friend. Today's episode, Lonely Among Us. Oh, good for you! And how was it? Okay, just to get this out of the way, it was room temperature. I think when it's room temperature, I'm just going to do that. If it's above or below room temperature, I'll wait. I'll give you a little bit of a tease, make you wonder. It was room temperature, but it was bitter. Uh, this is the first episode that has actually had 42 minutes worth of stuff in it. And that, in and of itself, basically makes it room temperature considering how I've been gauging all the other episodes. Uh, but it was frustrating. I'm just going to list off some of the things I liked, and then just like last time, uh, we'll get into the much longer second section where I complain. The small exchange about food animals and replicating them versus slaughtering them, and that what's barbaric is a matter of perspective... I sort of enjoyed in the moment. Uh, I don't think it played right. I don't think they were actually trying to make it seem two-sided, but I did, in the moment, like that the dog guy had that perspective on it. Some continuity, just mentioning Argyle by name, the chief engineer. Sing was some nice 66-style multiculturalism and inclusion. That was fun. Uh, but mostly Patrick Stewart is just a fucking treasure. Like, Patrick Stewart is really good. Even when he's just being Picard, he does a lot with a little. There's not much there writing-wise, but his performance is nuanced and real and deep. And it doesn't have to be. It probably shouldn't be. But he's just too good an actor, so it's that way anyway. And when he is being combined with the energy entity, I mean, that was just fucking delightful. And it's believable. On Star Trek, they do this a lot, and it happens on a lot of shows. You can see the cracks in the performance of a character who is being overtaken by another character or by some sort of being or something. You don't generally see the seams in a performance they've been doing for seasons and seasons because they've inhabited that character. But you can see them playing this other character, even if they're good at it. Patrick Stewart, I 100% believed he was the entity, equally as much as I 100% believe that he is Captain Picard. That was very, very good. I mean, he's 
He's crazy good. And that's already all the good things I have to say. Room temperature. Sorry. <laughs> What's the catch, Jesus? What's the catch? A lot more to complain about in the beginning, in the transporter room, when they were welcoming the lizard people on board. They sure take dress uniforms, very literally, don't they? Uh, all the way down to the knees, those dress uniforms. A little ridiculous. I get what they're going for with letting the guys wear the miniskirts and trying to, like, keep the old 66 skirts but give it the excuse of being multi-gender, but, like, it just looked really weird. Even Tasha. Honestly. Because she's supposed to be able to fight, and she's wearing a fucking pencil skirt. Anyway, while we're on the subject of fashion, I suppose I should mention, Wesley's got a jumper problem. Those sweaters are out of control, man. What are you doing? wear something less ridiculous. It's a nitpick. It's a small thing, but dude, your sweaters, come on. So there's a couple of main complaints I have about this episode, and what's weird is they kind of counteract each other and contradict each other, but somehow that makes it even worse. On the one hand, there are several points in the story where it only keeps going the way it does because characters do something really stupid. You see this a lot in sort of hacky writing, or writing that has to be done on a deadline, or writing done uh, by people who are just really green and haven't written a lot. But they need the story to end up somewhere, and the only way they can get there is if one of their characters does something really fucking stupid. So one of their characters does something really fucking stupid. Generally, the sort of narrative critique culture frames this as the person acting out of character, and that's why they don't like it. The reason this becomes weird is, once again, we don't really know who the characters are. I don't know how many podcasts I can say this in. Who are these fucking people? Who are they? Is it out of character if Beverly has a lapse in memory and ends up on the bridge and has no reason why? and for a couple hours at least doesn't fucking mention it to anybody? It's dumb, she's a doctor, but is it out of character? We don't fucking know. Is it just a plot band-aid when Deanna talks about why she didn't catch the true depth of the duality when talking about her half-betazoid powers? Is it? We don't really know how that shit works, or how confident she is in it, or how she, like, anything, <laughs> or anything about her. And I've been trying to just understand how this is a show without characters. They're almost like pieces on a board. And I started thinking about Law and Order. Law and Order Classic, the original. Not Criminal Intent or Sexual Victims Unit. Actual Law and Order Classic. On that show, Lenny Briscoe, he's got ex-wives. Can you tell me anything else about him? You, you can have seen every episode. There's nothing else to know about Lenny Briscoe. Sam Waterston's character, right? At the very beginning, they were kind of talking about how he, there'd been accusations of sexual harassment at his last job. They dropped that like two episodes in, and now there is literally nothing to know about Sam Waterston's character. Because the show is about the crime 
and the investigation and the trial. It's about those things. It's not about the people. But what is Star Trek about? What was this episode about if it wasn't about people? Was it about the, say it with me, godlike being that was inhabiting people and wanted to get home? If it was, why did we not know who it was or what their motivation was or even what was going on until the very, very end? What was this show about? Who was it about? There's no answer. And it's frustrating. And one of the reasons it's frustrating is that this was a better episode of television in general than the previous ones have been in many ways. It had tension. Finally. I've been asking for tension for fucking weeks. It had tension. It played almost like a horror film or a, a supernatural noir, almost, for the first two-thirds or three-quarters of it. And that was, that was welcome. That was a welcome shift in tone uh, for me. But ultimately empty if I don't care about who it's happening to. What else? What else? Oh. Oh, man. When they were trying to... They knew... <laughs> when they knew there was uh, a mole or a saboteur, I guess. When they knew there was a saboteur. And they were trying to figure out who it could be. Well, it's got to be the Ferengi. The Ferengi paid somebody. What? Why? Why the Ferengi? Why are you jumping to the Ferengi? They have nothing to do with any of this. It's totally the sort of thing where they only said, oh, it's got to be the Ferengi, because the Ferengi were supposed to be the main villains for this show. So it's like, oh, it's got to be Skeletor, because it's fucking always Skeletor. But it made no sense. It made no sense. And of course it ended up not having anything to do with the Ferengi, because of fucking course it didn't. Data as Holmes. What the fuck was that? What the fuck was that? He's, he studied, he read all the mysteries. So is the way he's acting his interpretation of the character of Holmes based on the stories? Is Data complicated enough to interpret the written word into mannerisms and physical and vocal eccentricities? Or is he playing Rathbone's version because he saw those movies? Every mystery, just the 60, just the canon 60, or every single fanfic mystery that's been published for hundreds of years. Did you watch BBC's Sherlock with Benedict Cumberbatch? Like, what is, what is the scope of, of what you're talking about? And how are you doing this acting job? And what is he smoking? There's actual smoke coming off that. Tasha, like, coughs and, and tries to wave the smoke away from her face. Did you replicate tobacco? Are you burning it? Inside the ship? I don't understand. It's the weirdest thing. And they play it for laughs, and it works in a kind of sitcom way. But, like, I don't know. I like it bothered me. Every time he was doing it, I was like, how are you, what is the motivation? How is your positronic brain? I couldn't. 
But the worst thing, the worst thing about this episode was that nobody was able to relieve Picard of command, even though they all knew and he had literally admitted to Beverly that he was being controlled by an outside entity. An outside entity that is not a captain in Starfleet, is not even in Starfleet, and most importantly is not Picard, who is the actual captain of the fucking Enterprise. They gave some lip service to regulations. We couldn't relieve them of duty, at least within regulations. Like, fuck you can't. What kind of regulations does Starfleet fucking have? He's, he's not Picard by his own fucking admission. And you're still taking orders from him? Because... Because rules? What the shit? That was crazy. That, like, that blew the whole show up for me. <laughs> that was insane. <laughs> like, <laughs> just try just saying it out loud. I haven't said it out loud yet. So, like, like, this other stuff is annoying. This other stuff is annoying. But, like... <sighs> he had literally said, Picard is in here somewhere, but I am something else. And they kept taking orders from him. What? I can't even words about this. This is a podcast. I can't even words about this. How am I supposed to... I, it's breaking me. It's breaking me. They finally start getting... So they let this entity be captain of the ship. Yes, that's right. They basically let this entity be captain of the ship. And then the entity turns himself and Picard into pure energy and beams that energy into space. Essentially, kidnapping, abandoning, and in a human being sense, killing the human being Picard is now dead. Captain Picard. This is the entity that was allowed to have command of the Enterprise. What the fuck are you guys doing, crew? And, oh my god, it's even worse. Do you guys... <laughs> I'm, I'm losing it. Like, I thought I liked this episode a little bit until I started talking about it. I can't stand it now. Do you guys remember Riker? And how he is, like, super paranoid about protecting the captain. Nothing can happen to the captain. How did he let this happen, then? Oh. I got him. I... I'm going to move to the... the very end of the episode. Obviously, they get Picard back. Nothing ever has consequences. Fuck you. I'm going to move to the very end of the episode. And to do this, I'm going to need to go back to the very beginning of the episode. What was this episode theoretically about? The lizard people and the dog people. And they were going to a planet, a neutral planet, 
where talking through their differences could be mediated that's called Parliament. First of all, fuck that. Secondly, what did the dog people and the lizard people and their talks have to do with this episode? Say it with me. Nothing! This episode is about nothing. I am going crazy right now. I'm just going crazy talking into this microphone about this fucking show. They ended up not mattering at all. The talks ended up not mattering. The dog people ended up not mattering. The lizard people ended up not mattering. The dog people's animals and their food and their weapons ended up essentially not mattering. Except in one way. At the very end of the episode, they've got Picard back because there's no consequences, fuck you. And Tasha runs in and basically uh, outright says, like I was going to say she implies it, but she basically outright says that one of the lizard people was fucking murdered in the hall by one of the dog people and is being cooked to be eaten at some sort of ceremonial feast by the dog people. And it's played like the end of a sitcom where everyone laughs. It's like, oh ho ho, you guys always getting into trouble on the Enterprise. Murder cannibalism. That's probably going to start a war. Was Was played for laughs in the final five seconds of this episode to try to make the, I will charitably call it a B-plot, matter at all. Ice cold. Ice cold, Earl Grey. Can't handle it. Ice cold. Somebody needs to get on top of the situation and fix it! You know what? No, Keenan. I refuse. No. I'm not going to fix it. Because what am I fixing? You're not asking me, Keenan, to uh, fix... Uh, an, an episode of television that has flaws you're asking me to create an entire television show whole cloth because there isn't one here what do you want me to say that I would keep Deanna and the entity apart that I wouldn't put them in the same room so that wasn't a problem you want me to say that when the entity was in charge of Picard he wouldn't just give away the game verbally like what do you want That wouldn't fix it. It's so broken, top to bottom. This show made me sick. I'm not even kidding. I did most of the work on this episode yesterday, and I felt fine when I sat down to watch the episode. But by the time I sat down again to start editing the how was it and what's the catch acts, I was sick as a fucking dog. This show is destroying my will to live so completely that it's taking out my immune system. But I guess... You could do a really experimental episode where you literally follow the entity. Like the whole teaser is just like a full minute of of a light show. You're like in the cloud, you are the entity. And the end of the teaser is getting sucked into the circuitry. And then you just literally follow it around. And it's about escape. It actually becomes sort of the protagonist. Then you can get Picard and the Entity kind of having a conversation in this energy space. 
turn that into an actual an actual scene rather than just talk about it later <clears throat> I don't know that's just off the top of my head it's a weird one I, it would probably be a bad idea to do it this early in the show's run but I don't feel good man I don't feel good but hopefully you know I don't die from this terrible next gen induced sickness and I will be able to see you uh, next next time we'll see you next time